All right, welcome on in. This is now week six of the AI podcast. I'm Austin Coates, joined by Isaiah Sanders, as always, live from Nashville, Tennessee. I am in Kansas City, Missouri. Isaiah, how are things going today? Oh, going all right. Uh, now back in Tennessee after spending the short weekend uh, back in Missouri for Thanksgiving. So that was good to be back. Yeah, and uh, we're just going to get right into it again. The Chiefs, of course, off last week with the bye week, but a lot of crucial games uh, being played in the AFC uh, as it pertains to the playoff picture. Um, And so we're just going to go over a couple of them and discuss some aspects of them. I'd like to start with the uh, Bengals and the Steelers. Um, Going into this game, I was expecting the Steelers to put up you know, more of a fight than they did, and the Bengals just mollywopped them. I mean, there's no other way to really describe what happened in that game other than that. No, yeah, the Bengals were absolutely dominant. Um, 370 total yards of offense. Uh, Joe Burrow's efficient. Joe Mixon uh, ran all over the Steelers. To me, that was the story of the game. Like, the Steelers' defense just could not stop the run whatsoever. Uh, Burrow only had four incompletions on the day. One of those was a pick. But Bengals, it just, every time you looked up, it seemed like the head ball. Uh, Steelers only put up 10 points total in that game. Uh, I definitely thought the Bengals were going to win this game. Uh, I've been hard on the Steelers' offense this year. Big Ben uh, just does not have it anymore. So... I wasn't necessarily surprised by the result. I was surprised at how dominant uh, the Bengals were because I was not uh, in on Zach Taylor, their head coach coming in here. But credit to him. He's done an excellent job with this Bengals team. They're a much improved defense, and they've committed more to running the ball and protecting Joe Burrow a little bit. Huge win by the Bengals. Yeah, Burrow and Jamar Chase, they certainly have a great connection. Of course, they played college ball together at LSU. Um, I look for the Bengals to be in the playoff mix, and they are potentially one of the teams that the Chiefs could see uh, moving into the playoffs. Another team that the Chiefs could see was also very dominant at home, and that was the New England Patriots. Yeah, this game, I was... Uh, the only thing I was surprised about was how much of a fight the Titans put up. Uh, the final score doesn't really tell the story. Uh, Patriots won this game 36-13. to uh, They got 20 of those points in the second half. They were only up 16-13 to at half. Um, Titans ran for over 200 yards on the ground. I thought uh, Mike Vrabel and company did a great job. Coming into this game, severely undermanned. They were missing A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and obviously they're without Derrick Henry. Um, But ultimately, the Patriots uh, proved to be too much in that second half. Made a couple adjustments, uh, likely at halftime. And Mac Jones was as efficient as ever. He's, in my opinion, he's going to run away with rookie of the year. Looked like Jamar Chase. Might put up a little bit of a fight, but just he's the best rookie on one of now the best teams in the NFL is the Patriots sit at eight and four after dropping the first game of the season to the Miami Dolphins, who um, are on a bit of their own hot streak after losing like four in a row. So, but great job by the Patriots. 
yeah, I suppose we can put to bed all the talks of, oh, well, maybe it was Tom Brady, after all, who was in charge of winning all those rings with the Patriots, as we're seeing Bill Belichick do kind of some of the similar things that he was doing with Tom Brady, Um, not necessarily surrounding Mac Jones with superstar level talent, but taking guys and having him elevate them, which he's been able to do thus far. Um, Another big game as far as the as far as the division is concerned involved the Chargers and the Broncos, the Chiefs' next opponent. Yeah, uh, this was a huge game for Denver. Uh, it brought Los Angeles down to their record. Both teams now sit six and five. Uh, I like the Bronco. I picked the Broncos last week coming into this game, having watched that Chargers defense against the Steelers last week. Obviously, the Chargers and Steelers got into a shootout the week before. And we saw how easily the Bengals' defense was able to shut down the Steelers. So I just saw a similar thing coming with the Broncos. Uh, they have a excellent defense, even after trading away Von Miller. And they are very efficient on the ground. Teddy Bridgewater takes care of the football. Uh, he had to exit the game briefly. I got scared when Drew Locke went in there. I was like, oh, but... Drew managed to get them down into the end zone on that first drive that he left. Uh, he did end up throwing one pretty ugly pick, uh, but Teddy was able to get back to the game, and the Broncos ran for just over a buck forty on the ground while picking off Herbert twice, including one in the end zone where Justin, he was just trying to force that throw in the corner. I get it. They were down, um, but just not a great game for that Chargers. They need to get back to pushing the ball vertically down the field uh they haven't been doing that enough lately they're kind of just let justin throw a lot of quick game and not doing enough uh i'll say not doing enough play action or bootlegs to kind of move that pocket let him be a mobile threat as well as give him more time to throw the ball down the field so And then the last game I want to briefly address would be the Sunday night game. That would be Cleveland at Baltimore. Um, Lamar Jackson did not play well at all. Of course, he had some spectacular plays if you watch the game, just making people miss and flinging the ball up there for Mark Andrews to catch somehow. But four interceptions in the process. And unfortunately, the Browns were not able to take advantage of the situations that they were put in. And it was just turnovers back and forth quite honestly there for a portion in the first half um baker mayfield i think we're both in accordance is probably done (laughs) uh after this year contract pending in cleveland he's just not the guy now he's apparently got kareem hunt's dad making videos about him too which is never a good thing um but baltimore they're in the one seed position right now I don't know that that's where they'll end up at the end of the year, given the amount of injuries that they've sustained over the course of the year and just how much is being placed on uh, Lamar Jackson's back. Yeah, uh, I'm, I've been wildly impressed by this Ravens team. This was a team that lost Mark Peters. I think before the season started, they placed uh, four different guys on injured reserve, including uh, their top three running backs coming in. Coming yeah, like into everybody. the season, <laughs> and somehow they sit right now atop the AFC at eight three, and atop that AFC North division where uh, everyone sits at at least five hundred or better at the moment. Um, and the the Browns just had 
an awful game. Uh, like you said, Lamar Jackson did not play well. He threw four interceptions. Off of those four interceptions, the Browns got three points. Three points off turnover. You force four turnovers and come away with three points. Like, it was just, <laughs> Baker Mayfield's banged up, but you deserve you to lose deserve that to game. Lose. Uh, yes, they turned the ball over twice themselves, but they're still plus two in the turnover differential department. Uh, just awful game plan by the Brown staff, um, by Kevin Stefanski and company. They couldn't they couldn't run the ball at all. Yes, the O line's banged up a little bit. Yes, Baker Mayfield's hurt, but teams have been able to score on this Ravens defense a little bit throughout the year. Lamar Jackson's been the problem for most teams, so I just was disappointed in how the Browns offense played. Defense played better than I expected. Uh, I thought the Ravens were going to dominate this game. To me, this still comes off as a statement win. When you can win the game, turning the ball over four times, uh, that's huge. You're rarely going to see a team do that. For sure. And uh, so we've got the top 12 teams in the AFC are 500 or better. And close behind is the uh, Miami Dolphins at five and seven. I would technically consider them the way they're playing to be a contender to uh, to make a playoff run. But we'll see as uh, the months get closer to January. So now on to the Chiefs' upcoming matchup against the Denver Broncos at Arrowhead on Sunday night. Uh, the Chiefs, for lack of a better term, have just straight up owned the Denver Broncos since Peyton Manning's last year. Um, They haven't lost against the Broncos since 2015. And the best way to put it would be, you know how Patrick Mahomes owns like a little portion of the Royals and he owns like a little portion of sporting Kansas city. Well, he also owns a little portion of John Elway and the Denver Broncos. Um, for whatever reason, the Broncos just cannot figure out the Chiefs. There have been some close games. There's been some not-so-close games. Um, but this week, I think the Broncos are playing with some extra motivation after their win against the Yeah, Chargers. this will definitely be a motivated Broncos team. Picking up that win puts them at 6-5 uh, and five and gives them a decent shot, like we were just talking about, about being a playoff team, which is what they had in mind when they tra- traded for Teddy Bridgewater this offseason rather than, you know, trying to go after a rookie quarterback, something like that. Um, so they'll definitely be motivated coming into Arrowhead uh, coming up here. But uh, while the defense has played well throughout the season, I think this Chiefs offense and defense is getting hot at the right time. Teddy Bridgewater will avoid turning the ball over, but I think the Chiefs defensive line is a big plus for them in this game against that Broncos offensive line. Yeah, and I'll just come out and say that if the Chiefs defense plays anything like they did against the Dallas Cowboys, the Broncos are not winning this game. Um Teddy Bridgewater first off is not Dak Prescott and you know, I was a little confused when the Broncos decided to sign him and replace Drew Locke because to me you're getting almost the exact same type of quarterback. Um as far as oh, I would say that Teddy and Drew are a little bit different, but different in uh, style of play. But when you look at the stat line and what they bring to your team, I and I also you know for for some reason tend to gravitate towards their uh, 
their win loss record, even though, you know, it's it's a game of offense and defense. Both have not seen a great deal of success. Um but last year Bridgewater was with mm-hmm. the Panthers. And if you remember watching that game, the Panthers took us all the way down to a long field goal attempt Man, to win Matt, the game. Matt Rule pulled out every stop to try and win that game last year. Yep. So that's what makes me nervous is, you know, maybe Bridgewater, you know, has has some tips and tricks, for lack of a better term, for his offense against the Chiefs. And maybe they can make it a game. We know this Chiefs team has had difficulty in the past when the ball is given to the running backs as receivers out of the backfield. You know, will they revert to that? Will they revert to crossing routes over the uh, over the middle in between the zones? Um, there's a lot that the Broncos could do to combat that defense. But if that pass rush pass rush gets there first, it's not going to matter. Yep. Fun fact about Teddy Bridgewater. A uh, little gambling nugget here. Teddy Bridgewater is 41-18-1 in his career against the spread. Uh, and for reference, Patrick Mahomes is 36-27-1. So, <laughs> he is not good against the spread. No. Uh, so Broncos plus 10 might be something to look at, but I don't know. Chiefs offense as well, you know, Denver's got a really stout defense. They've probably got the best all-around defense in the division. Um, I look for them maybe to give Kansas City some troubles, but Andy Reid, after a bye week, it's well known that he just does not make mistakes. Um, So I look for the Chiefs to have a full game plan and to come out punching on Sunday night and uh, hopefully keep us in the driver's seat of the AFC West. So, briefly, I just want to bring this up. We haven't talked Royals in a couple of weeks, mostly because there hasn't been anything going on with the offseason. But the MLB is set to head into a lockout tomorrow, I believe, if the uh, new labor agreement is not signed. Both sides are on different sides of the aisle when it comes to the negotiations and such. But we have seen some massive free agent signings happen already. Um, We were talking about it before we got on here. The Texas Rangers have signed a total of three players, and their contracts total in the $500 million range. And for the the quality of players that they're getting, I say, well, rightfully so. They got Corey Seager, who's an all-star shortstop from the Dodgers. They got Marcus Simeon, who has been an MVP candidate in the AL the last couple of years both with Oakland and Toronto. And then they got John Gray, who's a solid pitcher who used to play for the Rockies. Um, I also thought it was funny on Twitter. I saw that the New York Mets signed Max Scherzer to a very large deal. Max Scherzer, of course, used to pitch for the Detroit Tigers, uh, went to the University of Missouri, well-known. And someone made a comment about, you know, maybe the Mets will make it make it to and win the world series <laughs> <laughs> and i just kind of chuckled to myself because usually high expectations for teams with big name players and spending a lot of money it does not seem to work out um now what can the royals do about this in this time well if you've been paying attention to the price tag on a lot of the players it's just simply out of their price range 
Kansas City is one of the smallest markets uh, behind Tampa Bay, and I would think behind Oakland, they might be the only two that they're behind, like in front of. Um, the Royals just, you know, they're not going to sign the huge stars. This has been something that has never happened in Kansas City. You know, the biggest star that we signed in free agency was probably one of our own guys and Alex oh, Gordon. Yeah. Like, they're just not going to to spend the money like that. Instead, they have a very strong farm system, and they're going to continue to develop those guys. And we're going to see, you know, some of the guys that we've been talking about the last couple of years, Bobby Witt Jr., Nick Prado, you know, more of these pitchers that they've been drafting. They're going to come up, and they're going to get a real chance to, to prove themselves. And hopefully, uh, God willing, the Royals will make the playoffs by 2023. You heard it here. Yeah. I'm calling it. 2023 Royals are at least going to make the playoffs. Here we come. And I'm going I'm to hold them to it. Royals, very strong in the playoffs in their history, uh, of course. Um, now we're going to move on to the picks of the week. Again, brought to you by Socratic Productions, of course. If you missed it last week, Socratic Productions made our logo for us. We love it. Uh, they do a great job, so if you have any digital media needs, check them out on Instagram at Socratic Productions. So last week, you went 10 and 5. Oh, let's go. Probably your, be- probably your best oh, week yeah. yet. Um, this week, and I would say last week, some really tough games to have to choose. Um, this week, just by looking at the schedule, looks to be a little easier, but... The NFL has been really weird when it comes to stuff like this. So, starting off tomorrow night, Cowboys and Saints for Thursday night football. Yeah, uh, the Cowboys are, ooh, what have they lost, like three straight now? Uh, definitely dropped the last two to the Chiefs and the Raiders. Um, it's been tough. Uh, missing Amari Cooper, missing CeeDee Lamb, Tyron uh, Smith missed a game in there. Uh, and of course, the top two pass rushers have been out. The Cowboys are just banged up lately. Uh, and the Saints, obviously, uh, they made the change of quarterback. Uh, they will be starting Taysom Hill this week instead of Trevor Simeon. So uh, oh, we will man. see how that goes. Uh, look for a run-heavy approach, obviously, coming from the Saints. Uh, Saints will really look to control this game on the ground, try and keep the ball away from the Cowboys. This is a, still a good Saints team, even without Jameis Winston at the quarterback position. They have a good offense, good offensive line, good defensive line. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pick the Saints to uh, upset the Cowboys here. Uh, even if they don't get Alvin Kamara back, I think changing to Taysom Hill at quarterback gives the Saints an added dimension in the running game. And I think their defense can kind of slow down this Cowboys offense. But I will pick the Saints home. All right, Buccaneers and the Falcons, just one of many games that appears to have an obvious winner and an obvious loser, but we've gotten ourselves in trouble this year with thinking that mm-hmm. way. Certainly have. There's been quite a few uh, major upsets this year. Uh, but with the Falcons, uh, they've been heavily reliant on Cordell Patterson to be a playmaker for him. And while he's he's easily the most improved player in the NFL this season, uh, he's been outstanding for the Falcons. 
but the way they utilize him more out of the backfield uh, plays right into the Buccaneers' strengths uh, with that defensive line and their uh, quick athletic linebackers, Devin White. Um, so I like the Bucks in this game, even though the Buccaneers' secondary has been awful. Uh, I don't, I don't think the Falcons have enough juice on offense to keep up with Tom Brady. Cardinals and Bears. Um, I think this might be. I think Cardinals were on by last week, if I recall correctly. Yep. Uh, Kyler Murray, hopefully returning this week. Yeah, he better return for my fantasy team's sake. Um, but <laughs> yeah, to me this is uh, easy. this is an easy one. Uh, Bears defense still good. Offense hasn't done much throughout the year, and the Cardinals have the best record in football with Cliff Kingsbury, who was, uh, his agent was uh, flirting with uh, Oklahoma, uh, trying to get mm-hmm. Cliff a little bit of a payday there in Arizona, so going into <laughs> the last year of his contract, uh, Cliff ain't going anywhere. He's going to remain the Arizona Cardinal. So, yeah, I think the Cardinals pull off an easy win here. I them and the Packers, two of the best teams in football right now. Uh, Cardinals pulling off a couple wins. Colt McCoy, quarterback. So, they'll definitely be able to pick up this one here against the Bears. Probably one of the better games of the 12 o'clock slate for sure. We have the Chargers and the Bengals, and I think we're really going to find out what the Chargers are made of this week. Are they going to be playoff material Chargers, or are they going to be what they have been the last few weeks? Yeah, I'm excited about this game. This should be a great offensive matchup with Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. Um, Right now, I just can't trust the Chargers defense whatsoever. And watching what uh, Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon did to Mike Tomlin's defense, uh, I like the Bengals in this matchup. Uh, The Chargers do have a chance uh, simply because I think their offense will be able to get back on track better than they did against the Broncos. So this will be a high-scoring game, I believe. But I like the Bengals. All right, Vikings and Lions, and after watching the uh, Thanksgiving Day game for the Lions, I am convinced they will not win a game this year. Oh. They have <laughs> they have had opportunities, and they just have not taken it. Um, so to me, this is a no-brainer, but it is a home game. It is a divisional game. Who do you got? The home game. It's a divisional games. Those games are always weird. Those games are always tight. The Lions lost to a field goal to the Vikings on that last game. Uh, they played them. The Lions are 0-5-1 right now in one-score games, uh, which essentially means not only are they bad, but they're unlucky, because usually those one-score games kind of go either way. Um, but yeah, the Vikings are going to go and win this one. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> Uh, Giants and Dolphins. The Dolphins, you know, very quietly have won four in a row. Um, they're five and seven, 
And if they keep winning, they're going to make things really interesting in the AFC playoff. Picture. Yeah, the Dolphins have a pretty easy schedule down the stretch, I believe. Uh, definitely helped they picked up the wins here recently. And they've played, their defense has been outstanding, and two has been enough. Uh, they've been doing a lot better job lately getting Jalen Waddle the football uh, in open space and letting him make plays after the catch, not just trying to take deep shots. So good job by the Dolphins there. Um, yeah, I like the Dolphins here. Uh, this defense is excellent. Giants defense is also very good as well. We saw what they did to Jalen Hurts this past week, get three interceptions off of him, really trying to keep him in the pocket. Um, but with Daniel Jones uh, and a kind of hampered Saquon Barkley, I just don't trust the Giants to get it done against Brian, Brian Flores. I'll take the Dolphins. Right, Eagles head to the Meadowlands to uh, face the Jets. So actually playing at the Meadowlands for back-to-back uh, -back weeks. They played the Giants there last week, now they're playing the Jets there this mm -hmm. week. Uh, so the Jets uh, pulled off a win against the Texans last week. Jets defense did a great job against the Texans pulling off that win on the road. Um, I was tempted looking at this game to pick Jets, uh, but I just think the Eagles' defense will prove to be too much for Zach Wilson. The Eagles are still very talented on defense. I think the Jets under Robert Sala will be able to slow down Jalen Hurts and the offense. Uh, they'll have a good game plan ready to go, I think, but I just don't think they'll be able to get it done against that Eagles' defense. So I will take it. Last game of the noon slate, Colts and the Texans. Yeah, this one's a easy one for me. Jonathan Taylor is has been dominant, uh, best running back in the NFL right now. And uh, I think that continues here. They won't need to rely on Carson Wentz at all in this game. And he can slow down Tyrod Taylor and Brandon Cook. So, both from this point. All right, into the 325 hour. Uh, the Washington football team heads out to Las Vegas to play the Raiders. Raiders coming off a big win for them against the Cowboys. However, the football team is on fire. Will the fighting Taylor Heineke's get the job done? Football team's been playing great lately. Uh, picking up wins against Tampa Bay and Seattle. So they're playing great right now. Obviously, the Raiders got the big win at Dallas. Most watched football get regular season NFL games since 1990. That Cowboys Raiders Thanksgiving game. Uh, over 30 million people. So that was pretty cool. Um, but I will have to take uh, Heineke and company. Uh, one thing about Derek Carr is that if teams can put pressure on him, he tends to get a little bit flustered. We saw that in Las Vegas when the Chiefs were able to put more pressure on him uh, and dominated that game. The Raiders just don't have enough on defense. And uh, credit to Washington, they've been creative with Heineke. He's a mobile guy. They move around. They've been able to do some things with him in that backfield of uh, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, and Terry McLaurin's an awesome receiver. So I like Washington to uh, pick up another one here and get to six and six. Jags go to L.A. to face the Rams. Honestly, this game should not even be close, but with the way that the Los Angeles Rams have been playing recently, 
I don't know what's going to happen. The Rams haven't been playing great lately. Uh, they've had a little bit of trouble. Stafford's had a couple turnovers. Stafford looked like he possibly could be playing hurt. Denied that. Uh, but uh, ever since the Rams added, uh, you know who, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, things haven't looked as good, uh, which is unfortunate. Did score a touchdown this past week in that loss to the Packers. Uh, but yeah, I just think the Rams are too talented for this game. The Jaguars did pull off an upset of the Bills, so who's to say? But I just I can't see Trevor Lawrence getting anything done against Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Von Miller. Troll job of the week was when it came out that Odell Beckham asked Devontae Adams for a jersey, and he said, "Why don't you go get a Cooper Cup jersey since, since you that's wanted, who you to, wanted go to play there. with?" That was oh man. Ravens and Steelers. Uh, the Ravens, in my opinion, I mean, the nail is already in the coffin of the Big Ben era in Pittsburgh, but the Ravens have the opportunity to strike it on the head one more time and really firmly cement it. Yep. Oh, gosh. I hate myself. I'm going to take the Steelers. Uh, this is a Mike Tomlin team that just got embarrassed by the Cincinnati Bengals 41 to 10 the Ravens are coming off a really tough victory against the Cleveland Browns the Steelers are back at home uh, hopefully TJ Watt will be back and healthy for this game uh, I think Tomlin will have a good game plan to try and help contain Lamar Jackson and that offense will be able to do just enough just enough to uh, beat this Ravens team at home. So, let's go Steelers. Upset special of the week, I think. 49ers and the Seahawks. And let me just say this. I said a couple weeks ago that Russell Wilson is done in Seattle. Uh, I think Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll are done in Seattle. They have had one of their worst years, definitely their worst year since they've been together, Um, and really one of the worst years they've had in a really long time out there. It's really kind of sad to see after a team that had been so prominent and so dominant in certain areas just is not the same anymore. Um, I'm going to take the 49ers in this game. They're playing better, and they are trending in a much better direction. Yeah. Uh, Seahawks couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the backs against Washington. And the Niners have a much better running game than Washington does. So I also like the Niners in this game. I just want to really quickly roast the Seahawks. I think you're right that Pete Carroll is going to be done. I think they're going to fire Pete. I think they're going to fire John Schneider. Uh, Pete's been awesome for that franchise. But this team traded away two first-round picks for Jamal Adams. Uh, blitz boy, we'll call. He's been called because that's what he does best. He blitz, He's he's an awesome athlete. He can get after the quarterback in the slot. Uh, he can tackle in space. But holy cow, that dude can't cover. And when you're trading away two first round picks and signing a dude to a sixty million dollar contract at the safety position, he better be able to put playing coverage. And Seahawks three eight for a reason. Um, yeah, get them all out of there. Niners are gonna win. Yeah, no real running game either for the Seahawks, which certainly does no. not help. Um, then we have 
the Monday night game, which this is a huge Monday night game. The Patriots go to Orchard Park to play the Bills. I don't even know who to take in this game. I think it's going to be a close one all the way to the end. But the way things are going, it's going to be pretty hard for me to pick against Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Yeah, it will be interesting uh, coming into this game. Uh, last year, Josh Allen was able to go in uh, against the Patriots and threw the ball really effectively. I think Stephon Diggs had a couple touchdowns in that game, over 100 yards last year against the Patriots. Uh, so interesting what the Patriots do because they tend to often rely on band coverage quite a bit and uh, that's where Josh Allen plays his best is against band coverage so I expect Bill Belichick to mix it up a little bit this week he's an excellent coach uh, but I like the Bills I think their defense is great I think they'll be able to uh, slow down the Patriots' running game, which they are heavily reliant upon, even with how efficient Mac Jones can be. The Patriots still need that running game to really be in ball games, And so I will take the Bills in this matchup at home. All right, then, of course, our pick of the week. Sunday night football, Broncos at Arrowhead. Flex to Sunday night. You know, I will say this. If you recall several weeks ago, when it came to playing the Green Bay Packers, I said if the Chiefs win this game, they will beat the Raiders, and then they're going to the playoffs. Well, I'm going to take that one step further. I will say that not only will the Chiefs win this game Sunday night against the Broncos, I'm not sure if I see them dropping a game the rest of the way to the playoffs. But we'll see how that goes, and we'll mark the tape so we can come back and revisit that one. But listen, I mean, the Chiefs have had the Broncos number for years, and I think it's a mental game. Andy Reid is on a bye week. He's coming off to play a defensive-minded head coach. The defense is playing well, and I think Mahomes is going to give us a little bit of that magic that we've all been waiting to see all year long. And I think the Chiefs are going to go out there and win this game. Now, fans, don't be alarmed if it's a little close going into the second half or even into the fourth quarter, because this Broncos defense is good. I look for both teams to probably stay beneath 30 points, um, and I'll be surprised if it deviates much from that. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, four of the Broncos' wins have come against teams with sub-500 records, uh, including the Giants, Jets, Jaguars, and the Washington football team. Um that's four of those six wins. The other two coming in Dallas and Los Angeles. So two good wins there. Um, but the Chiefs, you know, winners of four straight. They have gotten hot since that Packers game. Uh, I do think it will be lower scoring. Uh, Vic Fangio has an excellent defense. and uh, But I look for Travis Kelsey to be a huge factor in this game. I think he is a mismatch against uh, the Broncos linebacking four. Uh, they Broncos might try and put Justin Simmons, who's a good player, but then Kelsey has a pretty good size matchup edge. So I like Kelsey to have an impact, and I think Patrick Mahomes will uh, be looking uh, Patrick Sertan Jr.'s way a little bit in this game. Uh, he's been excellent as a rookie, but he's still a rookie. So wouldn't be surprised if Tyree Kill gets a matchup against him in the game that Patrick 
sees that and gives uh, Tyreek a little signal to go get one. So might see a big play out of this offense. But uh, past four games, the Chiefs have only scored over 20 points once. That was against the Raiders. So the defense has been huge, and I think that will continue. And yeah, like the Chiefs to win it. All right, that's it for us this week. Uh, if you cannot tell, I have been playing hurt, <laughs> not injured. Uh, Michael Jordan flew game over here, battling a little something. If you hear some noises during the broadcast, it's me muting my mics, my my my, uh, my mic, so I can hack up a lung. Um, but now, on to the final play, sponsored again by absolutely nobody. We are still searching for someone to sponsor this particular segment. Uh, but for the final play this week, um, those of you that are local to the Kansas City area, you know that Whataburger has started to open stores. Um, one a couple weeks ago opened in Lee Summit, and people quite literally ran out of gas in their cars in line waiting for Whataburger. Well, I'm going to take this to a whole nother level. There's a Whataburger that opened up in Independence on this past Monday. News crews went out there and interviewed the lady that had been sitting in the drive-thru for 15 hours prior to the store's opening. This lady had Whataburger bumper tags, Whataburger sweater, some Whataburger socks, okay? And when asked by the news crew why she didn't just go to the store that was open in Lee Summit, she told them she had to work. And then she proceeded to tell the news crew about how she worked remotely from her car overnight. I mean, what are oh we doing here, people? Gosh. It's Whataburger. I mean, it's good and it's new, but it's not anything that is like, I need to stay up all night and get in line for. Just absolute madness. Uh, no, I freaking love Whataburger, but uh, I would have waited if I was in KC until those lines died down. Because, boy... There's been some weight. Not worth time. it. Not worth it running out of gas, people.